0: What's going on, Serial Progress Seekers? Marshall here, and on today's episode, we're gonna be talking all about relationships. Specifically, what we're going to focus on is how to develop the kind of relationships that impact you both professionally and personally. So if you're out there and you're struggling to take your relationship building game to that next level, then this episode is full of interesting information and strategies to help you out along the way. So this is episode 85 of the Serial Progress Seeker podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Serial Progress Seeker Podcast, where we share blueprints for building an unconventional life. Each week, we conduct expert interviews, talk strategies, and share advice for escaping the nine-to-five and building a life where you are free to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, all while making an excellent living. Okay, Serial Progress Seekers, let's get started with the show all right Tav, i'm excited to bring this up to you because i think this is gonna really nicely lead into a really fun conversation we're about to have i'm really looking forward to this today but one some one thing as i was thinking about our topic that we're going to talk about today i thought of something very particular and i wanted to ask you what you think about this so tell me if you can i'm going to put you on the spot i love you know i love to jump right in push you right off the deep end and get rolling in here so what tell me about one relationship and this is this is can be you know maybe it's a Someone growing up, maybe it's a teacher you had, maybe it's a boss you had, a colleague, a mentor, whatever it is. But think about someone along your path that's had a real impact on, on your career in one way or another. So tell me a little bit about uh, who that someone is, why they made kind of a real difference on your journey.
1: How do you narrow it down to one? I mean, oh, how man, many that's a problem.
0: people <laughs> I know. could
1: I list it's off impossible.
0: here? Yeah. So,
1: Immediately just thinking about that. So background on me just a little bit as I grew up in a family business. So outside of family uh, and going to college and having like small roles with work uh, in the college, you know, outside of college, graduating, moved back home. The one person that comes to mind is one of my bosses at Wells Fargo Financial. It was a job that I took. It was a really rant. Yeah, I bet you didn't even know about that one. I had uh, was living in Jonesboro, no, Arkansas. I was trying to come back home to Missouri okay. and I had gone into this office to talk about an auto loan that we had and the guy there was like I love your personality. I want you to work for me. And I was just like, you know what? It'll get me home. Let's do it. Um but that boss yeah. was the one person who really instilled in me that I had I had value and I had worth and I had just had my son and he was like you are capable of so much more than you ever imagined like i grew up in this family business so my whole mindset of work worth was kind of you know within this little bitty ball here and he was the first person that really just really coached me and guided me and his name was craig heiser so craig if you're listening to this thank you for making pushing me to be who i am today so that's the one you?
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, thank you, Craig. I I appreciate you, Craig. That's awesome. Uh, that's I mean, that's that's great. And, and it's funny. A couple of things you said there kind of piqued my interest about you know the guy I'm thinking of too. When I think about, and I'm the same as you. Good grief! Um, how many people have had such an impact along the way, kind of leading to this point? It's I I. I can't count how many good, you know, mentors and colleagues and friends and teachers that I've had along the way, but one in particular that I think about, so my first kind of real quote unquote job was, uh, I was working in HR uh, at the arena in Nashville. So where the Nashville Predators played, I was Mm -hmm. doing HR there. I was kind of in charge of their customer service and um, for the folks that ran the concessions there and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And the gentleman that was my boss, he's an HR generalist, and I'm going to give a shout-out to, just like you just did, Eddie Stankard. Um, Eddie was a phenomenal, phenomenal boss. But I don't know if he knows this, and I'm going to point out to him that he needs to listen to this too, but something that when I think about people that have really impacted me, I think about the fact that Eddie had a real impact on me in the fact that he was a great boss, very good at his job. We were very busy. We were doing, you know, 250 events a year, um, wow. you know, kind of deal where you have hockey hockey in the morning, then you got a concert at night type thing. Uh, uh-huh. we, were, we were doing a lot. We were very, very busy. But this guy, I was always impressed. And I've only kind of come to realize it the older I've gotten, but I was always impressed how... He was able to always keep his family at the very top of every conversation he had at the, at you know, he was checking in with his family all the time while we were at work, no matter what was going on at work. Um, and I always, as I look back on that now, as older me looks back and I think about those times, I'm like, man, you know, for all the quote unquote hard work we were doing. He still prioritizes family, so I'm, I, you know, here I am looking back now, and I'm like, you know what? That's a, that's a good leader, a good mentor to have, and I'm, I'm very happy for that relationship. But I'm just like you. I'm, I'm, uh, I've had so many of them along the way that it's, it's just almost impossible to count. And what's funny is. I'll tell you right now we've got one of them here with us today we've got one of our guests uh here with us today this guy has had a big impact on me personally and professionally um so i'm really really excited that we got to kind of uh, bring him on to talk today but as we've made this kind of conscious shift to really start talking more and more to what we consider to be serial progress seekers and, and people who are you know we say it in our in our tagline people who are out there building blueprints for like an unconventional life right and 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 that's this is this guy kind of embodies that because he has um, taken some incredible trips along his journey and we're going to hear about that today but i want to introduce him first of all so he is this guy tabitha is the president and general manager of southland casino in West Memphis, Arkansas. So little, little known fact. This is somewhere I used to work in the marketing department. Had some great times. We were coworkers. We had some great uh, personal friendship times too. So uh, this is really fun to be able to talk to him today. But this is
2: O.C. Imomo. O.C., what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, and thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah man, absolutely. So all, right, all right, let's go back. Some of those t- some of those times in the early days, man. We had some fun, right? You were that was back you we were talking, you know, prior to the prior to us being on uh, We were talking a little bit about uh you used to do food and beverage, and you used to do some other things there at South and Casino. And man, dude, we're going to get to this. We're going to lead all the way through, but you are the head honcho now at this sprawling sprawling destination. It's really really awesome. How are things going? You guys doing good?
2: Doing doing excellent. I think when when uh Marshall worked here, uh we were probably about a third of the size that we are now and and building, and it's it's the transformation over the last I'll say 2 3 years has been incredible right just looking at the building where it was and, and we had some fun times where you know where when he was here we had to do some of everything now
1: I'm, I'm waiting on an embarrassing you, story right like bring the embarrassing yeah. stories i want to hear one
2: <laughs> really
0: we don't have enough time for those. We don't have enough time for that. But
2: <laughs> no, the one no. thing I always tell you this is that the one thing I enjoyed about working with him was he he always asked a lot of questions, and if he didn't know, it was you know he was one guy I could always count on, lean on. If we're having a bad day, he, his personality was always right on point. I think that's the same way you see <laughs> now. Always a good joke. Plus, that. you know, you know he doesn't talk about his fantasy football. Uh, oh man,
0: his, no. Team we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna come back and cut that out and editing don't worry gotta, about that but man and you got dude, one of my changed. favorite things <laughs> oh yeah well i hope the good parts right hopefully that's <laughs> <us>. <laughs> no um oh you've you've got an incredible story man and that's that's what i it's uh it's one of a lot of uh a lot of trips, a lot of stops on your journey, right? So let's talk let's get let's get right into the beginning of it. Tell us about just your early background. Uh tell us about the beginning of, of your of your story.
2: He's, he's gonna take me way back. And make oh man, feel, we're going I, way back. Way back. Feel very, feel very old. So as you can see <laughs> my name is OC Momo and it was like, where are you from? I tell him Columbus, Mississippi. But you know <laughs> <laughs> And I just, they're like I, what? I, what? And so I was actually <laughs> I was actually born in uh Nigeria. Um My my dad was in the oil industry, so we ended up moving to uh, England when I was two years old. Um, Ended up living from England. We moved to the Netherlands. I didn't speak any Dutch, and I was dropped off in a Dutch school Uh, uh, back in in the early days. So basically, I learned Dutch sitting in a can't speak a lick of the language now, but I learned how to be fluent in Dutch and had to translate to my parents many times as a kid oh my gosh Uh, then we moved back to africa um and as that kid same kid moving back to africa the opposite happened i was the dutch speaking kid in an african country and looked uh didn't look the same as the other kids and i had to i was many a times i was out there by myself and i remember a story later on in life uh where one of our neighbors from uh, the netherlands who moved to africa said she walked out of her house in the middle of africa nigeria and she looks out and she hears dutch and she's like Trying to figure out where she is, and she sees this little kid talking to the bushes, because none of the and that was me. Uh, kind of fast forward a few a few years later, uh, we ended up moving back to the to, to the Netherlands. Uh, I think I was like 13 years old, uh, so that's where I finished uh, my uh, uh, O levels, and then I actually moved to the United States when I was 16 years old. Uh, wow. in August, uh, my my mother basically brought me here to go to school. Uh, I came by myself. Uh, at the age of 16. uh, And I lived with uh, an American family for about a year, uh, just over a year in Houston, Texas. So my initial story was I wanted to be an engineer. So everyone's like, how does an engineer get into the casino business? Well, I wanted to be an engineer (laughs) like my dad, right? But my dad was an engineer, so he wanted to be an engineer. But I wanted to go into aeronautical engineering. Uh, My dad and I wanted to go to school in Florida, but my dad said, you're 16 years old. There is no way I'm letting a 16-year-old boy go to Florida by himself. Right? <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw your face at the last vacation when you were walking across the beach and looking at I started saying your dad saw
1: beaches.
2: So, that was the only thing in yeah, his head. Yeah. Yeah, so that's he, right. That's all he saw. A you know, 16-year-old, oh, no, yeah. he's not. That's, 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 that's the recipe for disaster. So yeah. I ended up going to Smart Houston uh, because that's where, that's where he knew people. He said, if you're going to go to America— you, get, you go to Houston. So I ended up in Houston and I was uh, in, uh, initially went there to do chemical engineering. I uh, lived with an American family for about a year. Unfortunately, they had some turmoil in their family. So uh, unfortunately, they were separating and it kind of became a lot of friction in the house. So I ended up moving by myself. Uh, got my first apartment. I was 16. 17 years old. I just over... Yeah, six, seven. Uh, insane? So my first year, I lived with them. And then the following year, I had to move. And I was by myself. And it was a tough time, right? A real tough time in life, Man. right? So you had, uh, uh, you know, thank God for my parents and my, uh, we told my relationships. My sister lived in England. I was here. She sent me some money to get. A, I had a ratty apartment in probably one of the worst neighborhoods in Houston you can imagine. But it was my place. Man. And if you go to Houston, Texas, not many people ride, ride the bus. But I rode that bus every single day go to uh, I, I'm that guy, you talk about riding the bus, Be, they used to call me we are the world because my accent was a little bit different uh, yeah. when I first uh, first moved here, I was, it was more, hello, how are you doing, all right, you know, type thing, so, but, so they used to call me we are the world. I actually learned how to uh, understand people speaking, because when you come to America, people speak very fast here, yeah. and that was the big thing, so that's how I actually learned was sitting on the bus was listening to people talk. I sat right at the front every day. Wow. Sometimes I'll fall asleep. The bus driver will wake me up. Uh, at, and I was first one on the bus, drove an hour plus to the to, to the school. So I ended up there doing my thing for about three years as an engineering major, just making it through life, right? So, but I hated it. Absolutely hated the engineering program. I didn't want, because I, I, I was doing chemical engineering. I wanted to be in aeronautical engineering, but I also uh, go, back in my early days of life, I always was very intrigued by the hospitality industry because my mom was very entrepreneurial. Okay. She had a lot of side businesses. She did some cake baking, that kind of thing. So I always yes. said I, w- I was going to be an engineer, but I wanted to own a restaurant and hotel. Yeah. At the University of Houston, at the entrance gate, there's the University of Houston Conrad Hilton College. So um, I went there and I said, oh, I had a few friends going there, so I took one class and as a just to audit it and see, hey, is this something I wanted to do? And I remember calling my dad and telling him I was three, I've, I've been in the program engineering for just over three, I had 30, 33 hours left to get my engineering degree. And I called my dad and I said, hey, dad, I'm thinking of changing my major. And I thought he was going to lose his mind. But right. uh, <laughs> what he told me was something that it, I mean, you can imagine that phone call. Yeah. But he told me, he said, hey, son, he goes, is that really what you want to do? I said, yeah, I think this is it. He goes, well, I'll tell you this. If that's what you want to do, go at it with all gusto and all your heart and don't look back. He goes, "Because so with no regrets. If that's really what you want to do, you got to go at it all the way and don't look back. That's some good dad advice right there. That Man, that's know, good that's what advice. he told me, and, you know, to that, that stuck with me. Now, I thought, he, you know, it's all good dad advice unto your friend who was in school when you pulls up in his red BMW and he's, he, has, <laughs> he finished off his engineering degree and he pulls up in his car and he's like, hey, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> told me to stick with this right? Right. So but I, I stuck with it, right? So, um,
0: so. So we're here, I mean, you're, we're, what, what age are we to now? Are you tw- you're in your 20s by now? I was my,
2: so I started, so by the time I finished my undergraduate degree, I was cause I had to stay longer. I think I went straight from my undergraduate to my master's degree. So I was all six, 17, 18, 19 wow. when I graduated, did my <sighs> undergraduate degree. Then I was, I was never thought I'd be in a casino. That was never the point. I always wanted to be a hotel guy. Yeah, Um uh, uh, so I want to be a hotel I'm, guy. I've but got you know, a kid that's
1: 16 right now, and he is a sophomore in high school. Did you graduate early in yeah. order to go to college that early?
2: It's a, like, or Is it
1: different? Is it different?
0: Be overseas? Me. So yeah, so we, it, a, we, got a, we got a smart kid on our hands it, too. It, by the way, it, no, <laughs> actually,
2: I was so in Europe. You do your o, your o levels and your A levels, right? Which is so. The, so at the age of 16, you finish your O level degree, okay. and with that. High school degree, you can go out and become a plumber or whatever you want to do. If you don't want to go to college, and if you want to okay. go to college, you do your last three years. So when I was coming to the United States, I I I took the SATs at the age of okay. sixteen, right? I Took the SATs, and with, when I took the SATs, I barely made it. I wasn't that smart. Trust me, it was a different exam. And my mm-hmm. I was my dad was at the point in his career where he was about to move back to Africa. So the reason why I came to the U.S. was. I was either going to go back to Africa with him or go to a British boarding school and finish my A-levels or take the SATs and see what happens. I took the SATs, and this American family was a good friend of ours. They had come to the Netherlands on holiday, and they basically said, hey, if he's interested in coming to the U.S., he can stay with us. So it literally was relationships, wow. right? Like you're talking yeah, about wow. the relationship my dad had with this person that said, hey, if he comes out, he can come and stay with us. So that's what happened. Right. And I passed and he's like, are you sure this is what you want?
1: (laughs) If you had gone back to Africa, what would life had looked like for you had that road been the one you went down?
2: I I think it would look similar to my my brothers, my two brothers went back. So uh, I think uh, they went back and they finished high school there. But then my parents uh, sent all of us to schools outside of for college outside of Nigeria. So we all have very different stories. I. I have a brother that ended up in Australia. I have one brother that still ended up in England. And my sister, she was in Dubai for a long time, but now she's in Houston. So we we all ended up in just different pathways of... Wow. Of, of different parts of the globe to, to do that. So
0: well and that's what that's that, that was another kind of focus of what I wanted to talk about too today, O.C. because your the relationships have kind of carried you through not only your life and your mm-hmm. career, but they've also taken you all over the freaking world, man. Like you have you've traveled like not a lot of people that I know from, especially in my personal life, have traveled like that. So, uh, you know, rewind a little bit, especially to some of those early years. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about, you know, some language barriers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Was it hard to to make friends and stuff like or or and, and were your parents, you know, kind of pushing for that for you? Or did you did you have to kind of pick up the reins and do that yourself? Like, what was that like?
2: I think it's, it's two-part. I think going, growing up back home, and we have a very, the culture back home is very, it's, I always say my country is a big party country, right? We A lot of people, a lot of friends, uh, big families. So I think in, inherently that was in me, right? So, sure. uh, And being from the country I'm from, there's, if you kind of look at the whole map of uh, Africans who travel, probably most of them come from Nigeria, is that entrepreneurial spirit get out you know go see the world if you have an opportunity take it um so you know everyone asked me were you scared and I'm like no when I first came here no it was like I remember that day so vividly the, the, I think it was August 6, 1993 I opened the. I was in Houston and it was like I remember being in River Oaks and being in this office building and looking at and seeing the Astrodome I'm like man this is cool right and and, you know i remember my mom crying at the airport and leaving me there and going i'm like what you crying for you i went because i went to a boarding school when i was like 11 in africa so we go we leave home early most times you get kids they leave home and i was 11 years old i was in a boarding school so leaving home was not the the challenge i think the big challenge there became probably later on in life as you're moving on and you want to get things done you know is the network right so you have to build that network up so you know, what makes it work are those friendships and relationships. So, you know, I go back to even, um, I'll, I'll take you back to probably the one that probably shaped me the most uh, because it was at a, a turning point in life, right? I told you I had to leave the, I was in an American family. Uh, they were having some marital issues and, you know, you get thrown into the middle of it as a, basically a foreign student. And I'm sitting there watching this family have issues, right? Which is real life. It hard. It hard. Uh, and it was hard, and, you know, so as they brought, you know, I came there because I knew the husband, the wife and so they split up, they're splitting up and I'm like in limbo. So I literally have to go and find a place. Right. And it's like I had probably a, I was given a I had a week to go find a place to live. I didn't have any credit, didn't have any of that stuff. And literally, I always go back to this There's a lady I will shout out on the show. Her name is Keela Robinson. And she was the mother of the lady that I, that I live with. And she took me. I bought my stuff at a garage sale. She took me everywhere, helped me move into the apartment. And if that relationship and she hadn't helped me, I don't know what, What you know, that, would, that was a turning point for me. Because I would have been, you know, I would have really been, you know, I didn't, have, I didn't drive. I didn't have a car. And she took me everywhere to get me set up. And she didn't uh-huh. have to. Until this day, we've maintained a relationship. She lives in Denver, cool, Colorado. Yeah. And, you know, under Christmas, I got to see her for the first time in a long time. Uh, uh last year, so it was really great to be able to do that so um, but we'll maintain the relationship but that, that was, was a very pivotal one because I was a young kid, had no idea where to go after that 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 that, that time and uh, I was able to she helped me out, got my place uh, but helped me move in got friends, didn't know how to turn on a light bill any of that stuff and that was one of those relationships that is is uh, to me has always um resonated with me and it kind of uh, i always say this now that and i read it somewhere that the only time you look down on someone is when you're giving them a hand up so she gave me my hand up at that time so i kind of carry that with me as i go through my career so um, it wasn't a career pathway situation but it was a life way and i think as leaders sometimes in business we forget about that and we also look for opportunities to help people in life as well so as you work with them so
0: no doubt that's good stuff right there. Uh, I I'd love that quote too. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and hang on to that quote because that's really really good. So, tell me about uh, go to the part where you're you're taking starting to take maybe the direction of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you said your mom kind of helped you choose that path, um, mm-hmm. or, or at least you know knowing your mom and knowing what she had been doing kind of made you think, okay, this is kind of a way that could. Mm-hmm. So what from from there obviously you go oh okay hospitality could be a thing what kind of relationships you got to make from that standpoint where Where do you what what helps you steer from there and kind of move into kind of your profession where you ended up uh kind of you know to this day
2: so i look at it i mean the the good thing is the hospitality business i always tell you, is like so it's a, it's a family right so yeah. it, it's a hard way to make a living early i'll tell you that so uh, I look back at, you know, the first, you know, even if I go back and look at the relationship I built from, you know, just university of Houston and sitting down with some of those because, prefer- you know, once I got into the college, some of those relationships I still have and yeah. then trying to pick a pathway in your career. Right. So, um, you know, do I ever think I'll be in a casino? Um, absolutely not. What happened was that I had a friend who went to go work for the, I'll say the Aliquapri casino, uh, the year before I graduated okay. and he came back from a for a recruiting visit at the career day and he said, hey, why don't you come and work at a casino? I'm like, I've never been to a casino before. So it goes <laughs> like, well, so I pick up a book from the table he was recruiting and I read the book and I know oh, seems pretty cool. And I had an interview and, and they said, hey, we'd like you to come and work for us. That's literally how it happened. Wow. And what was that job? Uh, they initially the Isla Capri had a program. It was a manager development program. That's what they called it. It was like, it was like bundled up real nice. It's called manager nice. development. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> initially I was meant to go to Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I'll share this story before I will tell you how I started in my career. So i was meant to go to Lake Charles, Louisiana. I drove to Lake Charles interviewed was a, you know, then they put me in a hotel offsite. And I get to the hotel and I open the curtains and there was a cemetery and I'm like, I'm driving back to Houston that night. I'm not saying, see, ya. <laughs> see ya. So fast forward, about it, fast forward about it. I said, I was going to go back to school and do my master's degree. That was like, so I said, I'll go back. And do, so the, the following year, um, I tried to join the Al Capri again, and they were kind of upset that I didn't take the job the first year. And back to relationships, I was a young lady, Erica Jones. Uh, she was the HR recruiting person, and she was the one that recruited me the first time, and it gave me the secondary opportunity. But this time, they sent me to Bossier City, Louisiana. Never heard of it in my life. Ended up taking everything I had in my little Honda Accord at the time, packed it in there, and drove to yep. Bossier City, uh, and started out there in the manager development program India, Delhi. Oh, okay. And this was the world's best. It was called Trade Winds Deli. It had some of everything. It was one deli that you could get. You could get a burrito, a hamburger, uh, Chinese fried rice, Starbucks drip coffee, ice oh cream, gosh. and everything. And it was 24/7, 365. Wow. And the uniform was a safari helmet, a flower shirt, and khaki pants. Yeah, I looked great. I was I was ready. You know, that, we're, gonna, that, we're gonna need we're gonna need some <laughs> pictures from that time <laughs> to see. I yes, was uniform for that area, so yeah, so that's <laughs> where I started in that deli. So, um, and you know, you look at those opportunities that you have there. I think it was a great time because they were just starting out the concept. Uh, they brought me in. I was a young trainee. I learned. I worked uh, mainly the evening shift graveyard and. Uh, there was a gentleman, God rest his soul, by the name of Brent Henley. And he was probably the person that was another instrumental person in my career. And he worked as a, like a consultant for the company. And uh, at night, you know, we still have a lot of buses that come through the casino. Yeah. And they, they had the smart idea to give everybody a, a an ice cream coupon. So we <laughs> have like 30 buses and everybody got an ice cream coupon for a soft serve ice cream. So if you were the first person in line, Ice cream was fantastic. <laughs> Number two hundred and fifty, three hundred. That ice cream maker isn't keeping up. Right. So I figured the best way to stay alive was just to tell jokes and be happy. So I just used to have a lot of fun, and you know, I guess he recognized this and kind of told some people about me. And that was kind of like the opportunity that said, oh, "Hey, I could do this." And he, he was one of those people that was a champion throughout my career. And the good story with him is that as I made stops during my career in different places I grew my teams actually brought him in to do some leadership development with my teams Uh, so we kind of maintained that relationship from that time when I started uh, until when he passed away here uh, not too not too long ago so but he was one of the instrumental people in my career and just shaping that you know he he had a book out called building your nexus and that's what he truly uh, believed in in terms of finding and building relationships and you know having those relationships that said hey you know, I know you, you might be a great surgeon. I might put you in touch with somebody that's a friend of mine that's a great gardener and you two can figure out how to use those relationships and and basically help each other out or share that experience with somebody to make them better. So that's what was his thing is uh, building your nexus of friends and relationships to to add value, right? So uh, he, he was really one of those great dudes that, you know, the world, the ro- the world lost a great one when we lost him. So
0: yeah, that's really cool. It's cool to see that. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you're obviously catching a theme here that we're I, literally along the way and you're, I'm impressed. Number one tab, I'm sure you are too. I mean, are you catching the fact that he remembers all these names? I mean, he knows, yeah. he, he remembers every single one of them. That's, that's, that's impressive. Uh, and then that, that, that speaks to, it speaks to you, OC, but it also speaks to the impact that they've had. Right. Um, yeah. And, and how they've kind of, you know, kind of guided your way. So, um, so, now, well, so I mean,
2: let's, how'd you get from that deli yeah, to here? Because
0: I, yeah, because I know, I know we're missing a nice little chunk. Nice chunk no so. for my career. So, yeah, filling fill fill those gaps.
2: So, filling the gaps. So I was at that deli, uh, kind of worked through the Al Capri. That program allowed you to work in different departments, so they were flipping me through different departments. And unfortunately, the world took a turn. Uh, I think it was two thousand and one. They had Al Capri was having some trouble. Had a bunch of layoffs. So um, with that manager program i was locked into a two-year agreement so literally i was it right? i was the last person standing they uh myself and the director i was that's was probably the scariest day of my life when you turn around and the executive chef gets laid off the beverage man everybody's going, and i'm like man. what am i gonna do i just moved here with all i have is a tv and a honda accord <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know so uh they ended up keeping me and saying hey you know I went from trainee to graduate very quickly and basically had more responsibility than than I would have ever thought about at that age, right? So I kind of worked my way up and then somehow or the other ended up in the kitchen um, because I wanted to be, at that time, my dream was I want to be a food and beverage director. All right, how do I get there? And uh, they had an opportunity for me to go into the, well, they had an opportunity to go into the kitchen and uh, I volunteered. Uh, At that point in time, I asked my boss, hey, what is the lowest amount of money you'll pay for somebody to do that job? He's like, well, why do you ask? I said, well, whatever the lowest number is, I'll take it. I I just wanted the experience, right? So he said, he gave me the number. I said, I'll do it. So I ended up in the kitchen. They took a risk and took a chance. And that's why I started. I was in the kitchen. Pretty interesting negotiating
0: yeah. tactic there Yeah, it was it was
2: but but you have to understand i was probably 22 23 years old so yeah you know to, to run a kitchen at a casino at that age um you know with you know i had a buffet that was doing three four thousand people steakhouse a little another uh the deli the cost so they took a risk by doing that so wow. um then cool. you know I, I knew the kitchen was nowhere i wanted to be long-term but it was a waste to me so i ended up uh putting in for a transfer to come to a little town called lula mississippi oh i was trying to figure out where lula is lula is in the mississippi <laughs> delta just past clarksdale so it was one of those jobs that was the ala capri had a very tough time filling for a food and beverage manager the job was always posted and nobody ever wanted it. so i said i'll go I right, right? so i didn't tell my wife where it was but you know she she figured it out that when we got to i always tell people when you get you drive down 61 turn into the cotton field when you get to the cow that's sitting on top of the steak you almost fall into the Mississippi River look to the right that's where the casino is so that <laughs> literally it was, it was a, so that's where we went that's to as, as the food and beverage uh manager and uh you know through an unfortunate incident that the director of hospitality who I reported into um he got he unfortunately got fired for you know something and uh, once again, I had an opportunity. I was 25, 26 years old at the time. And I asked the GM the same question. They were looking for a director. And I said, oh, how much does it cost you to, you know, what's the, that, what's that number? And he told me, you know, I said, well, that's, I'll do it for that number. That's the entry level for that position. And he was like, well, I'll give you a, she gave me a shot. And uh 26 years old. I became the director of hospitality at the Isle Capri in, in uh, Lula, Mississippi. I had, uh, over 400-room hotel, uh, buffet, steakhouse, deli. So, and probably what north of 200 uh, team members that I work with. So, um, you know, relationships and all. And I'll, the other thing I'll tell people a lot of times is, you know, a lot of people look for when when you're building your resume at the start, I think look for the opportunity before the paycheck. I know everyone like was, oh, I want the money right now. But sometimes you look for that opportunity because that opportunity will allow you to build those relationships that will set you on your way for next, right? And I'll tell you one that was critical going forward, right? So, um, you know, I worked at the Isle Capri and I was there doing very well. And I literally got to a point in my career where I said, for the first time, I started dreaming of what's next. I said, okay, I've got to this, at 26 years old, I got to the goal I wanted to get to, which is be a food and beverage director. What is next? And I said, you know, heck, I wanna be a general manager. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, I'm like, okay, so how do I get to be a general manager in the company? And I look around Yala Capri and not there weren't many F and B people or hospitality people that were in the general manager, or a lot of them came out of finance, marketing. So I was just not in the right spot, I felt. So um Delaware North, where I, with the company I work with now, had an opening at Southland uh for food and beverage director, which was to me. A lateral move from where i was but to me the opportunity to be with a company that was a food service company at heart a hospitality company i felt would give me the opportunity and i, I quite frankly told my wife i don't care if i'm the general manager of a popcorn stand i just want the opportunity to see if i can do it yeah. so i came here to interview at southland and lo and behold the gentleman that was the general manager at the time uh troy keeping he's a friend of marshall and myself yeah. uh, you know, go back to relationships. One of his dear friends was my general manager when I was at the Al Capri in Bossier City all those years before. Wow. So I walk into an interview with somebody that is a good friend and he's looking at my resume and he goes, do you know this person? And to me, what you talk about relationships and work ethic and that if I hadn't put my best foot forward all those years ago and I show up at this interview now, what would have the result been, so that opportunity would have never happened right this opportunity would have never happened if I didn't give my best at that ice cream stand many many moons ago at the deli, right when yep. you thought nobody was looking and that's why I tell the team that I work with now is that like your your moments of opportunity are when you think nobody's looking, and that is when I walk the floor as well to look for those opportunities when they think nobody's looking so I can identify who is next and build those and those and then the relationships you build, how you maintain them, how you treat people matters because yep. you never know when the next moment of truth is coming. So that to me was like how I got into Delaware North. So that relationship, he gave me a good recommendation. So I get in uh, and quite frankly, I built a, a good friendship with Troy who was the general manager here at the time. So that kind of started my career here Uh, then got promoted uh, into the assistant general manager role and, um, then, you know, same thing happened. I was looking for next. They gave me an opportunity to go to Wheeling, West Virginia. I uh, never thought I'd end up in West, if you put it on a map and say, hey, West Virginia. First time I walked into West Virginia was the day I was going for that job. It wasn't even a job interview. They said, hey, go. I said, I'll go. And they were, they were looking for a general manager. And I said, hey, I'll go. And they're like, have you ever been to West Virginia? I'm like, no, but I'll, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I wasn't afraid. Right. So and But that also goes back to my early life, right? Which is, I came here at 16 by myself. So I bought that, that calloused me, right? So when it comes time to do something new, I'm like, hey, look, it's an adventure. And luckily enough, I'm blessed with a wife who has allowed me to do that now. And she allows me to say, hey, what's next, right? So, um, you know, so we go on the adventure to West Virginia and they delaware north has another opportunity in illinois and they say hey do we want you to go do it so i end up in illinois walking around bars all day putting in slot machines into bars and restaurants in every nook and cranny of illinois actually tell you a cool st louis story during the pandemic um we were struggling with coins right because at the the bars and restaurants you had to pay out with coins uh, so you talk about the power of relationships and and the company that you work with. The only place I could get one of the few places I could get coins was at the stadium over there in St. Louis, at the uh, 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 Car- uh, St. Louis Cardinal Stadium. So I drove a truck down and and was able to get the team to help me and and buy coins and take care of our guests in in, uh, in Illinois. So it was a cool 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 thing. We met up and had drinks that night, Tabitha,
0: and you should have seen us sitting at the bar because we're like looking over our shoulder, making sure that no, no one's one. about to pop out, you know, because <laughs> this guy's just carrying coins.
2: You know, it's, it was so, so funny. So funny. Uh, so it was cool, but it was cool. But that's the first time I got to see him for the first, but it was good. It was good to catch up. It allowed me to at yeah. least come down and see, see Marshall for the
0: first that's time. That's right. That's right. And then that led you
2: to where yeah. you yeah. are now. So yeah. forward to the last year and then, and you know, I got a phone yeah. call saying hey the general manager here is re- is retiring which is you know you know the, the he was retiring he was also another good friend of mine It was actually my boss at a time long time ago in my career and we uh you know he he actually told them that if there was anyone to replace him it would be me because the personality knowing the property uh, so the company uh, gave me the opportunity to run the largest uh operation they have and you know I'm humbled I'm blessed to do it, um, you know, and I, every day is a blessing. Uh, I think it's, you know, I, I don't, it's, uh, you know, when you come into a place that has, you know, we have 1,400, over 1,400 people that work here. That's 1,400 folks that, I, you know, every day I look at it and go, how do I impact, how do I make it better for them? Uh, then, you know, the guests that come in here on a busy, I think when I was looking at it the other day, the, a busy Saturday, uh, we have about 17,000 guests come through the building, so it's like any um, big major arena. So uh, just a wow. lot of stuff going on, a lot of cool, fun stuff happening. And, you know, who would have thought that that little kid that came here at the age of 16 uh, would be doing this? And, you know, I've been blessed beyond anything I can believe. It's, you know, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard work, but it's I don't think I've ever worked a day. I've always had fun every day. So I can't, you know, people tell me, is it is a lot? I, say, I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy the people. And I, I think that's probably the big thing. I enjoy the people that I work with, the relationships that I've built. Um, it's all good. It's all good.
1: So when your dad asked you if that's really what you want to do for the rest of your life and you said, yes, that was a right answer.
2: <laughs> yep. And he told me, don't look back and I haven't, right? I do, except that one day with the BMW. That's the only day I could t- <laughs> <laughs> tell you that. That was, that was a tough one. Like, woo. Yeah, you know, so.
1: Well, and I love the fact that you're not, scared to um, to start off small and build up to that because I think that when it comes to leaders and managers, the people that have been there and done that, I have so much more respect for than somebody that just kind of comes in laterally and, and leads. The people that have been in the trenches with me are the ones that I really admire the most. So the fact that you're willing to, that the money wasn't the driving force for you, it was the education and learning from those experiences, That's that says a lot about you.
2: I Thank you. And I think I tell that to a lot of the team. and I tell that to a lot of the team I work with now because you see yourself in a different point in your career, right? And the younger people see you and they think, oh, he just came in, he's the general manager, but they don't know the story, right? So, yeah. and I think more than, I don't, you know, a lot of times I don't tell the story. What I do is try and tell it, tell a story to help them get to their dreams and find out what they want to do. And I think that's more than anything. I think because at the end of the day, the thing I would take I take away from my journey is that number one, you had to have a support system. Regardless, of, you can't do anything in life alone, right? Be it family, friends, uh, you know, good, uh, good spiritual foundation, whatever that is, you gotta you gotta have all of that kind of stuff that is there to help you because you're gonna go through trials. Stuff is not always gonna be right. You're gonna go through trials, uh, and those trials, is you know. I think are the things that allow you to, if you if you if you learn from them, then that allows you to reach your pinnacle. And everybody's you know, definition of success, oh, you know, you're a gentleman. To me, so that's the, my most successful moments in my career, the times that I've helped people. And I say that people like, oh, you know, if you go back and tell me the stories, I remember the most. I'll probably tell you more stories about people and other people than myself, right? So when you when Marshall was asking me to do this, it was difficult. It was actually very very difficult for me. To put stuff about myself on paper, I said because those are not the moments that I remember. The moments yeah. I remember are the people moments, the the relationship moments are the is what I remember the most.
1: So,
0: well, and that that exact sentiment, buddy, is exactly why we thought you got to be on here. <laughs> you know, like it's it, and honestly, let's and Tab, I know you'll agree with this. This is uh, this is the kind of person we see as a serial progress seeker that really makes an impact. Obviously, you've uh you've leveraged relationships and when i say leveraged i don't mean you've taken advantage mm-hmm. i think you've i think you've uh, you know used them to a positive impact on the people that you've had relationships with too so um and that's that's such an important part of everything that we do and and it can take you literally across the world and it can literally impact your career, and that's you are the living proof of exactly that. So, um, obviously, it plays such a pivotal role, and 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 I, I want to make sure to ask if you have any advice because you are someone that I see as as someone who is you know that you've you've gone this path. You've had impactful relationships, you've seen the world, you've had uh, in- incredible uh, impact just in a lot of different places. So in regards to forging the kind of relationships that have that lifelong impact, what kind of advice do you give people? And you've already you've already dropped several pieces of knowledge along <laughs> the way. But but uh, if, if there's if we can leave people with something um, as, far, as far as relationships go, what, what, what do you think is the best advice you can give someone to make sure that you have that lifelong impact?
2: I mean, I, I always tell this is that don't, to me, I think in order to have an impact on someone's career, you have to be afraid, you, you have to give up yourself. And I think a lot of those leaders, if you, you cannot be selfish, right? So um, I always say this, that if you start going back in my career, you look at, like I said, life moments, right? You know, somebody helped me when I was at my lowest point. As, as, as people, we always have to be willing and able to help somebody and give a hand up. You no, know, we yep. are too quick to. I always and it's you know, you know. I look at those moments and I'll share one with you. I was on the <clears throat> gaming floor here at Southland a few days ago, and there was a there was a young kid who was in. I think he was in our. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I apologize. He was in our uh, uh, commissary department. and He was just talking about career, and life, and you know stuff, and I I, I, I heard the conversation in passing and i said hey you know i I kind of stopped and i said hey can i talk to you for a second i said hey don't be afraid to drink i said you have stuff that you want to do there's ever anything i could do for you don't be afraid to stop and 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 ask right you know and we kind of talked for a little bit you know had a private conversation about what he wanted to do and till this day you know i'll stop him and say hey you know how's that going how can i help you And i think that is the big thing that the, the big advice not only you but i think a lot of people think you can't do that because you haven't achieved X. Every, where you are in life right now, what you guys are doing with the podcast, there are people looking at you going, hey, how can I get to where you are? And I, I think don't be selfish with the gifts that you've been given. And that is the biggest advice I'll give to everybody. And that, to me, it will make the work area a better place. It'll make the world a better place. If we are all willing to share the gifts that we we'll, because we all have gifts, right? No matter how small that gift is, we all have something that makes us unique, special, You might not have traveled the world. You might not have done all the things that you, in your heart, that you want to do. But you have a gift that you can share, and don't be afraid to share that gift. Is what I'll I'll say.
0: Man, couldn't say it better myself. Man, it's uh, it's awesome that we get to sit down and talk to you about that. Now, before we let you go, I want to make sure we we bring this up because we've touched on it a little bit. But you are the head honcho at literally the biggest entertainment destination in an entire region of the country. So I don't, I want to make sure people understand that how big Southland is and how wonderful it's doing. So tell us about this most recent, I know you've had a giant renovation recently and stuff like that. So tell us what's
2: going on. Yes, we did. We, we, we opened, uh, the new, uh, new casino, um, which has over close to 2,400, uh, slot machines, about two and a half football fields long, uh, uh, slot machines we have. Fantastic restaurants uh, from a great steakhouse called Ignite. We have craft beverage bars, which are actually award-winning bars. We are on the way to San Diego in March to be uh, nominated for a Vibe Award for our beverage program. We have here so wow. high-end, fantastic drinks. We have a—I call it the date night buffet because it's the only buffet I've been to that you know, the tablecloth with the napkins and and real silverware, and it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic. All the chefs cook in front of you a great buffet product, and then a fantastic hotel that opened uh, 300 rooms, uh, beautiful rooms. It's not a bad room in the house. So, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's the shining jewel of this area. Uh, you know, it's proud to see, you know, a lot of people talk about West Memphis and, you know, whatever that brings to mind, I think we have changed the landscape of this place and made this a proud Definitely. place. And we are, to me, I'm proud to be part of this community and what the company, uh, uh, our parent company, Delaware North, has put into it. I think it is, and I told the mayor here that this is the beginning, right? So, and the hope is that this is the thing that sparks this area again um, and brings more people to the area. Uh, We are, um, uh, it is, to me, it's a venue to me that is, you know, if you're thinking about going to Vegas, forget about it. Just come here, (laughs) uh, save yourself the flight and come down and check this thing out. I think it's, you you at least have to come once and you, uh, I think people come in and I see, where well, I know we've built something spectacular is when you see people going live on social media going, wow, this is, I can't believe this is in our backyard. Um, yep. You know, I can't believe it every day I walk into the building of just what, uh, how beautiful a facility this is. And we have a little something for everybody and we're, we're, we're getting better every day. I think even this weekend, we, one of our goals is to create a vibe at this, uh, at this casino. So we're trying to bring in more live music, more, that kind of stuff to have more, and of an entertainment vibe. We know we have the great restaurants. We know we have the great rooms. So, it's just a fun place to be in and an exciting time uh, to be in this market. So, uh, you know, very exciting stuff. So,
0: man, that's awesome. So, I I, I want to make sure that we point this out because those of you were so nice to uh, yeah. offer up a little surprise, man. We we've, we've got right. some surprise for our listeners. And um, you know, you tell tell us a little bit about what you got what you got set up for them.
2: So I mean, you know, because you know, Marshall is is a good friend, and I've made a good friend in Tabitha also. What I'm gonna do is this, and I and I know you're you're broadcasting out of St. Louis, and you know, yes, great <laughs> stuff in St. Louis, but I think, guess what? You guys need to come and check West Memphis out. Yep. So I think uh, what I'm putting together is a, is a is a is a is a little stay, play, and eat package for uh, some of your listeners. I think I'll you know. You guys can figure out how you want to give it away, but I think we're offering yeah. five five of these packages for an overnight stay. I believe it's a hundred dollars in play, a hundred dollars in food uh, for for your listeners, and you know, and just really as you know, you talk about friendships and relationships and the relationship that we built, and you know, to support you in, in and Tabitha as you grow your your footprint, and you know, also getting a chance for your your viewers to experience. Uh, West Memphis. So it's a, it's a power of good relationships. I'll say that. So,
0: That's awesome. Tabitha, we got some eating and some gambling and some hotel staying to do. That's what I hear.
2: That sounds pretty good. Yeah, you awesome, guys, right? you, you, you are invited as well. I, I mean, you can. <laughs> I would,
1: I'm like, how do I finagle yeah. myself in there? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, look, you have five to give away and I actually like you come down and host one of your podcasts. We have a little podcast stage where we Oh yeah. Have, we have a sports book which we have and we do a a little podcast out of there so you can, you know, do, uh, dial in and do your podcast from right there as well if you want to come down and and, and experience that it amazing. for yourself. So, so Yeah, and we up. heard have
0: you heard you heard Steakhouse and craft cocktails, right? That's what I heard. So, I heard
1: food and drinks. That's that's all yeah. I heard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: man that's awesome that's awesome we appreciate you bringing that OC and I, I think to what what we want to do is we want to offer that you know to our listeners and and so if you're listening to this right now number 1 if you were impacted by OC's story and I'm going to tell you right now if you've been listening you were impacted because OC's story is incredible he's got a million great stories and stops along the way, but little knowledge. I don't know if you picked up a lot of those things that he's dropped along the way, but there's a lot of gold in the last a little bit short of an hour or so. So if if this story impacted you at all and made you kind of want to get out there and forge more relationships, maybe you're taking the next step in your career, you're you're making a move in your career, whatever it may be, forging relationships can literally take you across the globe and can advance your career while you're doing it. So if that story impact you do us a favor leave us a review drop us a comment wherever you're listening to this right now and we are going to enter you in to win one of these eat play and stay packages just like osie said it's going to put you up for a night in west memphis which is literally just across the river from memphis tennessee it's going to give you a hundred dollars in food credit and it's going to give you a hundred dollars in gaming credit and i think that's going to be a hell of a date night just what osie just said that's going to be a good night right there so if you and if you're a winner obviously our team will reach out but we just want you to tell us what you thought of the story because uh that's that's our our favorite thing about what we get to do is interacting with our audience and, and us sharing stories and and being able to tell more of these amazing serial progress seeker stories oc it's always so cool to be able to jam with friends and like-minded folks. That's like my favorite part about what we're doing. Uh, we, we've got a lot of great guests lined up uh, from all of our backgrounds and and even some that we don't even know yet. We're just going to be hitting them up saying, hey, come jam with us. Come talk with us because we are just looking for folks that are making an impact on the world. And it's really, really fun uh, to be able to have that. You talk about vibe and we got the same kind of vibe, the three of us just sitting in this room. Uh, you know, we all subscribe to the same ideals, right? It's a uh, It's really fun to be able to do that. So thank you for coming on today. We're excited to keep following your journey, the journey of Southland, the journey of Delaware North. Uh, You know, there's a lot of great things popping for you guys, man. Just so excited for you and wish you the absolute best.
2: I thank you and I appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to seeing your continued growth. You guys are doing some great things. So really proud of you and uh, continue to success. Anything I can do, you know how to reach me, right? So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Serial Progress Seeker podcast. If you want to listen to more episodes, learn more about our mission, or send us questions or feedback about the show, go to serialprogressseeker.com. You can help the mission by subscribing, reviewing, rating, and commenting wherever you listen to or watch podcasts.